In this episode of Uptech Report, I interview Ariel Asaref, the co-founder and CEO of CoreLogix, a company that uses AI and machine learning technology to help developers analyze millions of log entries to identify the most important ones for faster troubleshooting, finding the needle in the haystack. Ariel discusses solutions to the particular challenges companies face when developing products, where companies should focus their attention when scaling their operations, and how stepping away from the computer and engaging in face-to-face -face interaction can help your business. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us, Ariel. I'm excited to learn more about CoreLogix and uh, appreciate you joining us from, from Tel Aviv and finding out the the uh, interesting problem that you're solving in your industry. So first off, what year did you start? Um, we started a company around middle of 2014 and actually founded CoreLogix uh, with our in initial team at about uh, the end of 2014. Uh, I think it was Got it. And from your focus from, from the beginning, I'm curious actually if it shifted at all, but what's the industry that you serve and the segment that you really uh, focus on? We basically focus on DevOps-oriented companies, specifically uh, SaaS or internet companies, um, around uh, 200 to 1,000 people. And we were talking about this before. You focus on this strictly because you actually came from this. You understood the pain point that they were already feeling. What, what's the pain that you're solving the, with your product? Yeah. So actually, the idea came came to my mind when when I was at Varian. So we ran a quick research in in Varian and found out how much time it takes to actually isolate, solve a problem, deliver something to production, and then monitor on it. And we figured out that that this can be really shortened using the right tools and the right capabilities. This is when me and a, a friend from Varian, um, he was the head of innovation back then, partnered and started the company. Um, a few months later, we joined an accelerator, actually the first accelerator in Israel called The Junction. And then uh, we raised our initial funds and started the company. Um, and the entire goal of the company was to help companies um, solve and deliver a, 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 a production fixes faster. So whenever you have a production issue, uh, the, the most important thing is uh, what, what you call a mean time to detect and mean time to resolve. These are key parameters measured by any company doing monitoring on their production. So you want to you know, shorten both of them um, and also helping companies uh, creating a, a, a faster delivery pipeline so they can release more fixes and also increase the pace of their uh, 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 product development. So there's so many logs that can be created and trying to sift through that can take so much time. So your whole thing is to be able to speed up that time, find the issue and solve it faster. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah, so that's two things. Um, be able to uh, uh, sift through the data quickly, understand the data quickly, um, solve production problems by understanding the data real fast. That's whatever's related to mean time to resolve, but it also takes time to detect there's an issue. So a lot of the logging tools in the past were focused on actually, you know, giving you the right way to search, visualize, alert, but then everything uh, 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 proactive uh, came from other systems and then you use log data as a post-mortem tool. So you know you have a problem, 
either you got that from an external uh, uh, tool or one of your customers complained, and then you use log data to isolate the problem. And mm -hmm. we figured out work on both angles, and this is why we created uh, a bunch of capabilities around anomaly detection. So we actually um, separate Coralogy's tools into two. The first one is identifying problems automatically whether it's broken flows, trends of errors, bad API response trends, abnormal behaviors, and then um, resolving problems faster, whether it's version context, data clustering, searching, visualizing, and other tools that help companies uh, know, you know, find a needle in the haystack is very cliche, but basically once you know you have a problem, how do we solve, how do we solve that problem faster? How many customers do you currently have using your platform? Um, just a bit over 2,000 companies today worldwide. Um, spread from India, Singapore, Europe, uh, of course, Israel, and the U.S., obviously. Um, so we have what nice is diversity. <laughs> some, some huge enterprises and all the way down to small dev shops. And as far as then the pricing, the way it goes, what does that look like? And can it, does it make sense for every type of size as well, a company to use, utilize what you have? Yeah, our, our philosophy is that we only give great products to our customers. So we don't want to do tiers that are based on features or based on capabilities. And then if you're a small dev shops, if you're a small startup, you're stuck basically with a tool that is very limited. Um, so what we do is we price based on two uh, parameters, which are how much data you ingest um, per day and how long you want to retain your data. That's the only two parameters that you need to care about. And all features are included in all packages, unlimited users. So basically, even if you're a small, tiny company, four or five developers, you get the exact same product as a huge enterprise, only you are limited in your data, but you don't generate that data anyway, so it doesn't matter. Got it. That's awesome. Now, you kind of mentioned earlier on that you have tried tools early on before you started your company and there, there's things out there. So what, what makes yours different? Just describe me a bit more about your, your IP and, and do you use AI or ML in, in your stuff? Yeah. Um, so the, the core of the company, unlike a lot of company, uh, other companies in the market, so there are a lot of companies to say that we're the only one doing machine learning will, will not be accurate, but there are a lot of companies that started as platforms for searching, visualizing, alerting, uh, basically data analytics tools. And then they started adding capabilities for anomaly detection. We're actually, we came uh, 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 the other way around. We started as an anomaly detection platform. We integrated it into different tools and then created anomalies on top of them. That was the initial idea of CoreLogix and this is what we focused on. And then actually we changed, we switched uh, uh, strategies because we figured that companies are really suffering also from the level of user experience they're getting with other tools. So even when they do get anomalies from CoreLogix, their ability to uh, uh, do the basic stuff like search, visualize is limited and it's not very pleasant to do that in, in, in all school tools. So this is where we decided to create a whole platform from scratch and that platform incorporates everything from data collection, searching, visualizing, alerting APIs. And we took the best algorithms that we've had that had the most success with customers and implemented them into the, the, the entire platform. 
Gotcha. So it's kind of the way you started your approach of anomaly detection that, that already kind of gave you a different spin and look at it, uh, but then making sure it ha is inclusive of all the other tools that it would be needed in being able to identify and solve it. We built the pipeline um, in, in, in a machine learning orientation, the way we break down the data, the way we uh, uh, look at different entries, the way we ingest the data. Um, so if you think about Coralogy, it's a bunch of microservices running on the data pipeline and the data ingestion into the, the basically the data uh, uh, um, storage where you query the data and all is just one microservice out of about 11 or 12. Um, and it's related to the old school type of logging. Everything else is different capabilities that we've developed along the way. Gotcha. So from, from where you are now and, and also looking forward, what kind of partnerships or integrations do you have that kind of then make even easier uh, your product or, or makes uh, more accessible? Yeah. So there are two types actually that, that are main ones. There are a bunch of partnerships and small integrations that we've created with a lot of tools. Um, so, you know, collecting data using our, our packages for different coding languages or uh, common open source like Logstash or FluentD or FileBeat. We have an Akamai integration and so on. But the two main partnerships that we look at, um, the first one being Heroku. Um, Heroku has been great for CoreLogix. We have an add-on there. Uh, we were named add-on of the month for two times in the first year in the marketplace uh, by the, the Heroku community. Um, we have about 400 customers coming from there and, and getting great traction. Um, and uh, the second one um, is the AWS Marketplace. So Coralogy is the premier AWS uh, uh, partner. Uh, we ran through the entire process of getting uh, uh, well-architected review and competency with AWS at all. And now we're a part of the Marketplace and then every company that doesn't want to go through the procurement from scratch and they want to just pay Coralogix as part of their uh, uh, cloud bill uh, are able to do so on a standard agreement that was created by AWS. So these are the two channels that we have right now. How long have you had that integration or the, 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 the AWS partnership status? It is actually relatively new. I, I think it's like three months. Okay. We already have very big enterprises using it. Uh, you, are you seeing a big uptake now with that integration being in existence that more will be wanting and able to take advantage of your service? I think, you know, we just started, so it'll take a while to see that. In Roku, yeah, Roku changed uh, our, our uh, self-onboarding channel. You know, smaller customers are mainly from Roku. Actually, it really did a huge impact. It really had done a huge impact on CoreLogix. AWS, we're looking at larger clients that don't want to register a small vendor or don't want to go through procurement. And then using us with AWS, with the AWS quality stamp is something that really uh, boosts their, our ability to approach larger clients. Um, and, you know, naturally the sales cycles are longer. So I'm, I'm seeing like four or five months from now will be smarter, but we have, we have a lot of hopes in that. It's an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of that making an integration with AWS or another partnership that already has large enterprises, that's like actually an easier in then into those organizations than if you have to build a relationship one-on-one -on -one already. Is that correct? Did I get that correct? Yeah, so let's say Aruku was actually an interesting uh, example for, that, for, for one of the things that we've done. 
uh, we've created an integration with the version delivery pipeline. So whenever you deploy a new version, it creates a tag in CoreLogix and we'll, we'll give you an automatic benchmark of the new version deployment quality. Um, so it was very hard for us to get feedback on that because it was an integration and a new feature and you know, you want to educate the market and being a small company is extremely hard to do so. So what we've done is that we've baked that into the Aruku integration in a way that wouldn't allow you to do it otherwise. Like whenever you integrate with the Heroku add-on, it immediately uh, integrates itself with your Heroku pipelines. And whenever you deploy, you get a tag and everything is, is automatically done. Um, and that created the, the initial 100 customers using the, the, the pipelines feature. And then we had people to talk to, we had feedback, we had reviews, we had success stories. And then from there, it was very easily uh, very easy to, to, to spread through different types of customers, different sizes of customers. And today, I think over 80% of CoreLogix customers use that feature. Um, so the ability to really use a channel like Heroku that has a single click integration to uh, push a feature that was not that commonly used or known uh, really helped us. So in, in, in AWS, we're looking to do the same with uh, security. So we've created a security offering around the AWS environments, um, around CloudTrail, VPC FlowLog, and even um, uh, a one-click deployment uh, intrusion detection system for cloud environments. Um, so again, three, four months from now, we'll know better, but it looks very promising. That's awesome. So obviously the, the space is always changing and and things are, are all always evolving. So how are you innovating? What, what, where do you go for the latest news on tech and just making sure you're staying on the latest and the greatest? Me personally, me. Yep. So one of the things that I've done actually about three years ago and, and it's, it's proven itself to be um, extremely important and, and it's a good advice that I'll give any founder of, of startup um, we've created a group of fellow uh, CEOs um, that run companies around our, our type of company, around uh, what we call B2B, business to developers. Um, so we've created a group of what we call uh, B2D CEOs. Uh, we're six people um, from great companies, and we get, we, we get together every few weeks. Um, so we always chat, you know, uh, uh, phone calls and conversations around things that we're con contemplating on and stuff. But we get together the whole, the six of us every uh, few weeks and everyone, you know, bring new ideas, things that works for them, uh, industry trends that they're seeing customers that they're meeting and have needs around other companies uh, areas. And it's also, you know, a great group for you to vent. Being a CEO is a very lonely job and, and you know, industry is tough. Um, so for us, it's a great way, a, a way to share ideas. Um, if you had this group, uh, this, in fact, this sounds like a mastermind type of group. Almost, almost three years now. Um, and it's amazing to see, you know, how companies have grown during that time. You know, we, we, we were tiny companies when we started. We used to meet and talk about how do we make our first, you know, revenue whatsoever. How do we get a company to sign up? Um, the, the initial conversations were like, who are you guys using to build your website, the commercial website? It was like, hmm. and now when we're meeting, it's like, um, you know, how do we scale to tens of millions of dollars? You know, what VCs we should approach for our B rounds? Um, 
where you guys uh, are looking to hire uh, in terms of VPs and so on. So it's really nice to see how the company, uh, how the, the companies in that group scale. One act was actually acquired a couple months ago, which was also wow. a very happy event. Yeah, and you know, being in Israel, it was very hard to find companies working on monitoring and data analytics because it's like half the companies here. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you can always find uh, a couple of founders doing a company in your area. And most of the time they have much more data to share than any, you know, online source. So I believe in human touch. Mm. And I believe that whatever you read or listen in, in, in podcasts is great. But if you don't have anyone to share that with and really, you know, nurture those ideas and, and, and give different perspectives to them, it's, it's, it's useless. That's a powerful uh, example and tool that, that to have a mastermind, a group of people. And I appreciate your importance that you put on face-to-face -face, talking, sharing uh, uh, examples and experience together. Any tips on how to form that? Did you just know these other folks? Did you find use a site to connect with them? So actually, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd love to say that it was like I had an idea to create that group. And I started researching and I created it. It wasn't like that. We're like two people talking. Um, someone, you know, connected us. We had a very good click. I, you know, I can, I can mention a few of the companies. One of them, actually two out acquired, which is pretty awesome. So one of them was testing.io. Uh, one of them was rollout. One of them was safety case. So someone connected me with the CEO of testing.io. He was, you know, we, we got to get, we got along really well uh, from the get go. We had a lot of similar challenges, both in funding and building the teams and everything. And of course, you know, how we build a product and market it. So we started meeting and then he said that he heard something from the CEO that he really likes and he had a great idea and then we, the three of us met and he knew someone so he invited her to join and then someone heard that the four of us met so he wanted to join too and then we created this group and then we said, you know, let's, let's start getting together. Then we created a WhatsApp group so that we can communicate on a daily basis and people can, you know, ask questions and, and, and uh, uh, get uh, uh, fast answers. And then people inside the group started meeting, you know, in between to, to get to know, uh, to get, you know, to drill down into things that were brought up in the group meeting uh, if, if it's related to just two or three other companies. So basically branches from that group into separate conversations and, you know, besides being able to learn and, and vent, um, you also uh, get a lot of very good connections to customers, to VCs. Um, I think I was, I was the, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, reference call for at least five VCs for companies. And, you know, I'm the best reference call you can get because I really know the company, the industry, and the guy you're investing in. So it was, an, uh, you know, an objective uh, 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 reference call. But for, for them, it was someone who really knew them and really wanted them to succeed. So it's, it's a good reference to put. That, that's powerful. And it's interesting to know that it was pretty organic how it grew just uh, from the connections one person to, to the next. And speaking of though, other ways of learning, you mentioned it, the best way, okay, is in person and face-to-face uh, -face experience from others. But audiobooks, books, podcasts, what any that you can recommend that you're listening to or reading right now? So I usually read books that are outside my you know day-to-day -day work um because 
you run into so many customers and so many challenges, so many technical uh, challenges that you, you constantly find yourself reading and learning technical stuff and, 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 and you know, things that are related to your day to day. So I'm trying to, you know, open my mind to new things. I read a lot of management books. Some of them are pretty old, but great. There's the uh, Pitt Riley uh, management book that he wrote about how he managed uh, the Lakers team in the, in the eighties. Nice. Great. I'd recommend. Uh, I'm now finishing predictable revenue by uh, Aaron Ross, the guy who built the, the, the man gen for Salesforce. Wonderful book, but these are not like my main focus. They're just giving me, they're enriching me in other areas that I'm not doing on my day to day. Something that I do is whenever I need a company, and I'm doing, you know, a lot of sales and I, I, I meet a lot of DevOps, the people that I actually sell to. Whenever I meet someone that is interesting, I'm usually reaching out outside the meeting context and saying, hey, uh, let's, let's get together for a coffee. And I'd love to hear your perspective. I think, I guess like four out of the, the, the latest five main features came from conversations just like this. Wow. That's awesome. That's powerful. So... Going forward, as you're always innovating, whether with your mastermind group or your reading, where do you see your company in five years from now? Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, about six, seven months ago, we got an acquisition offer that we that made me think about this question exactly. You know, it, it, it forced me to think. These are things that you're not you're not you're so into the the daily routines and all. So. The hardest thing is to, to, to lift your head and look for the future. But when you get an acquisition offer, it forces you to think whether you, you're in it for you know quick cash, whether you think it can be a huge business or not, whether you think it can blend into a different, bigger company or not. Um, and our, our, you know, obviously I'm here and we're not acquired. We decided to take a, a, another funding round. So our perspective is that Corologics is, is, is set to be a very big company. We see the market evolving extremely fast. And uh, the way we see Corologics, we want to expand into separate, into different markets over not just the DevOps market. I mentioned the security product. Um, we're going into more and more capabilities that are outside uh, the specific management of, of production, but relate to the entire management of your cloud environment. Um, looking at, you know, a, a big company, um, doing a couple more rounds and then increasing, uh, specifically engineering and also building something more predictable or more scalable in terms of sales, because currently companies selling in a few millions, everything is done inbound. We don't have salespeople at all. Mm-hmm. Everything is down, is done, done, you know, word to mouth or, or from the channels that we, we have integrated with. Not quick cash. That is not your goal. You've got a grand vision. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you see where you could play and that it really can grow. And I can see. So what you've already named a few imagining what hurdles are you going to have to overcome in order to vis- realize this vision? One, you mentioned maybe sales. Is that one piece? What other hurdles do you see? Yeah, I, I think if, if to put it in, in one big, you know, headline is, is, is scaling company and building processes. So 
the biggest challenge, once you find the market fit, once you find that you have the right product sold to the right people willing to pay good cash for that product, um, experiencing good, you know, getting good experiences and are vouching for your product and everything. So you have something that you can sell and now you need to scale that. And the only thing, you know, that's preventing you from becoming a big company is basically you. The market is there, the product is there, the need is there. Now it's, it's about you building the, the scale of the company, building a new hierarchy for the company and building and turning a lot of things that you do by instinct or, or, or from your experience, turning them into processes that everyone can step into. So you want a big, you want to build a big company where whichever guy you hire for whichever role you hire, he has a very straight process that he knows that he needs to follow to reach uh, 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 the company's goals. And more than that, you want to know that uh, you can measure people because you have a strict process and you know you have enough checkpoints to understand if someone is doing his job properly and for him to understand if he's doing his job properly. So currently, you know, the main challenge is that a lot of things are done by instinct. Um, and the company is, is still relatively small. We're 25 people. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, the revenue per, per person is very high in the company, but these are not things that you measure in this, these sizes. You actually want to scale the company as fast as you can. So being able to, as you grow, provide each new hire clear definition of this is your role and they can understand their benchmark to it so that it's not just done by instinct because you, you yourself know what to do, but you can hire, you see that as the hurdle to overcome in order to scale. Yeah, it's hiring, which is always, you know, super tough. Um, and then building the, building the right processes for the right people that you hire. So they know, you know what to expect from them and they know how to, how to follow your steps and actually do, do, do a good job. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing your insight. Where can people go to learn more and what's kind of the next step that you'd recommend? So, um, Corelogics.com to learn a little more about Corelogics. There's a very nice uh, post that I've written about our company's, uh, um, turnover. So uh, three years after we founded the company, we were at zero revenue. Um, and basically all the growth that we've experienced is the past couple of years. There's a, a blog post I wrote about it on Medium called um, Out of the Grave and Into 50XMRR in 10 Months. Um, definitely recommend to read that. I, I, I've mentioned a few lessons that we've learned along the way. And um, if you like tech blogs, then our, if you go to CoreLogic's blog, you'll see a bunch of posts about Elasticsearch, Kafka, uh, data streaming, uh, uh, indexing and, and parsing, and also how to do proper monitoring. So obviously if you're a DevOps, I think you'll, you'll find a lot of interesting content there. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Ariel. Appreciate it. It was great, Alex, and uh, good speaking to you, man. Have a good day. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.